Hi, I'm Lita, Grateful Compulsive Overeater and Bulimic. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Um, yeah, so um, let's see, I'll start, I'll, I'll start in the beginning. So I'm the first born um, in my family. Um, I come from an immigrant uh, family. Um, my father um, came from the Philippines and um, my mother is um, Spanish, um, but she, she's American, but my father is an immigrant. And um, in that culture, they have a lot of expectations for the first born and not just on, you know, the firstborn, but because I was a girl, there's a lot of expectations for the firstborn girl. And um, my father tried to raise me to become the surrogate mother. And, um, and I fought against that. Uh, it didn't make any sense to me because I saw my younger, you know, my siblings, uh, a sister and a brother, they didn't even listen to my parents. So why would they listen to me? Um, but I always got blamed for the things when they misbehaved. Um, I was always told that, you know, um, uh, you're the oldest, you should be watching them. Um, you should know better. You should tell them what to do. And that, that, you know, that confused me a lot. And, um, Unfortunately, I think, you know, I've been in program for over 12 years and I've done a lot of step work around my family of origin. And, um, you know, I've come to understand that, you know, I am the way I am because of my environment. And my dad had all these high expectations of me. And um, I was actually like the, the, uh, the skinniest in the family and so my dad would use me as an example of oh look at Lita she's so skinny you know and he would um because my mother was it was overweight and my sister was a little overweight too and that always made me feel very uncomfortable I didn't like to have the center of attention and um my father um when he would discipline um us he would use um violence and um so i grew up with a lot of um spankings and um uh restriction and uh so it, it was just it just just created just a really confused lonely and scared little girl and then um, my mother, she was always on a diet and she used to make me take pictures of her because um, she always said, take this picture of me, a before picture. And then after her diet, she would take, she would want to take an after picture, but we never took an after picture. And um, I remember, um, you know, as you go through steps in the OA, your story it changes a little because you start to remember these things that happen. And I remember I have this prayer. I had this prayer, like, because, you know, this program has showed me that the lack of care that I had, that I have for Lita and the struggle I have to, to um, every day to take care of her. And, um, and I was asking my higher power, 
you know, when did that happen? I mean, I know these things happened to me, but was there a defining moment? And um, it was revealed to me from this memory that I've had forever where um, one of my dad's friends um, uh, um, touched me in an inappropriate way. And, um, and I remember trying to tell my father that, and he told me, never mind to go to my room. And I thought of that the other day and I, that was the defining moment. That was the seed that was really planted in this fertile soil, the spiritual fertile soil of, you know, low self-esteem. And um, it started there where I didn't matter. And I was so grateful to have that epiphany because um, it kind of shifted things for me and not in a, like a, a big bang or anything like that, but just something really subtle. And um, so to get back from the beginning on how it started. So yeah, that's how I grew up. And eventually when I became a teenager, of course, I was obsessed with my weight and um, you know, I wanted the attention, you know, because if you, if I, if you paid attention to me or if you, were nice to me that made me feel like I was a good person and it helped my low self-esteem and so I started using um, diet pills and um, doing some really weird diets and then um, I got sick and had really bad flu and I was throwing up and having to go to the bathroom and found that wow I'd lost like five pounds in three days and um, so I started using laxatives and I started throwing up and that was probably around 16 years old. And so I would use vomiting, um, binging and purging as a way to cope in, uh, in my life. And uh, um, but I wasn't doing it that often. But, you know, it was there. This, this disease was there growing. Yeah, that, that's uh, the, the first five. Okay, thank you. And so, um, and then um, when I was in my early 20s, I um, got introduced to speed. And at the time, I had just moved out of my family's home and moved in with um, um, my boyfriend at the time, which, which is the father of my, my daughter. And um, I was going to school full time and I had a full time job and someone introduced me to speed and I thought that was the cure all for everything uh, because it gave me energy to do all the things that I was doing and it helped me to keep the weight off. It was just another tool that I was using, you know, the binging, the purging and um, this speed that helped me to um what I thought was, oh, you know, everyone's doing it. That's how I'm going to cope. And that went on for uh, three years. And um, it was the most hardest thing that I've ever gone through. And um, to the point where I really thought about suicide. And um, thank God 
I had some kind of understanding of a power greater than myself. And um, I just remember getting on my knees and telling, telling God that if you didn't help me, nobody was. Because I had so much pride. I couldn't let anybody know that what, what was happening. I couldn't let my parents know. And it couldn't let anybody know. And um, and that's when I first got introduced to the 12 Steps and went to um, Narcotics Anonymous. And, um, and so that, you know, looking back, that was, which was over 35 years ago, almost probably 40 years now. Um, looking back, that was another seed that was planted to begin my, my spiritual journey to find my way back to myself and to find my higher power. And um, that was a really hard road. And uh, so what happened from that is that I switched addictions because I already was a compulsive overeater. And so my addiction to food um, just, you know, was amplified and that, that's how I was able to, you know, get off the drugs. I started really using food in a big way and um, binging and purging on a regular basis. And um, uh, and that's just how I coped. That's how I coped with life. And then um, about 10 years later, you know, I was already married, um, um, you know, had my my daughter and um my i bought a home and um you know i had the white picket fence and um um and then um my husband and i divorced and uh that, that was another really big horrible thing that i had to go through because i was totally shocked and um you know he left me uh, for another woman and it that was just like just one of the har other hardest things I'd ever done and that episode really amplified my disease and now I was vomiting and binging every day and um you know I was doing I was being the perfect trying to be the perfect mom and the perfect worker and do all the things that I was supposed to do. But then at night, after I put my daughter to bed, I would just eat and eat and eat and eat for like three or four hours and so, and sometimes vomit um, 10 times in, in one evening. And, um, and gosh, that, that went on forever. It felt like forever. And um, of course, during that time, I was, trying to do everything that I could to, to, to get sober. I was trying to find a God of my understanding and, and, and asking God to help me and going to therapy and trying to do all these, you know, promises to God that if, you know, if you help me do this, then I won't do that. And I'm um, just weird diets and, and, uh, um, and sometimes some of those worked. I even went to doctors and got um, like antidepressants and sometimes that would work too. It would keep me food sober for, you know, weeks at a time, sometimes months at a time, but then something would happen and I would get right back to vomiting. And um, I remember um, my daughter was 20, turning 21 and we were having this a family party and I was 
I was the host, of course, and I was doing all this cooking and I was hiding in the in the kitchen and just consuming all this food while everybody was out there enjoying the party. And I just remember being so full and sitting at the table and we were singing happy birthday to happy birthday to her. And I was just I was just so consumed. I I, I was not present. And because um, that's what compulsive overeating does to you. It just takes you away from the present moment. Like, oh, there's four more minutes. Thank you. Like what it says in for today. And um, so, and I just remember sitting there just wanting this to be over because I needed to get into the bathroom and get rid of this food. And by that time, um, the binging and purging wasn't helping anymore in terms of like keeping my weight at a decent level. Um, my, my compulsive overeating was just outdoing the amount of vomiting that I could do because I just, I just, you know, and so slowly the weight was creeping up and creeping up and I had got up to like 230, 230 pounds and, um, which was so uncomfortable for my body. And I just remember, you know, when is this going to be over? I need to get let, let go of this food. And then like this gentle, quiet voice said to me, how long have you been doing this, Lita? Your daughter's 21 years old. How long has it been? And tears are coming to my eyes. But when I really started to do this, you know, this horrific and violent thing to my body, she was, you know, it started really when she was three years old, when her dad left. And I thought, oh my God, that is, it was just like this light bulb went in my head and I went back into therapy and um, I met this wonderful therapist. Her name was Catherine. And um, I just felt so understood. And um, she encouraged me to go to OA. And um, I was reluctant. And she just kept you know, nudging me gently to go. And eventually I went. And I went to my first meeting in San Leandro um, at a hospital. And uh, Thank God I was ready to hear the message and realized that, yes, I was home. These are people that understand me. And uh, a week later, um, I found um, a sponsor. And um, probably about a month later, the, um, the compulsion to vomit was lifted. And my first abstinence was don't throw up. Don't throw up. And my whole the whole history of my recovery has been a slow, slow process. Um, maybe about a year or two after my abstinence, my first abstinence of not throwing up, um, I ended up gaining another 15 pounds. And, um, you know, through the years, I've been learning how to listen to my higher power. And, and um, eventually, you know, I was able to listen to like, you know, let's, not eat so much to hurt your body anymore. And, and, um, so eventually I started eating less and less food and weight started to come off and I, um, got under 200 pounds and it was easier for me to walk. Um, um, but you know, I've, I've struggled with, um, you know, in and out being in and out of abstinence and, um, 
and I've struck, I still struggle with my weight. It goes up and down about five, five or 10 pounds. Um, you know, I could lose, you know, 30 pounds to be at, at a more healthier, uh, weight. Um, but thank God, um, you know, I, I feel comfortable in my body. I can walk, I can dance. Um, I don't eat my, um, alcoholic foods, which is like fast food or going to the drive through or anything like that. And, um, you know, I just work the steps as best as I can. And I try not to higher powers teaching me not to be so hard on myself and to be gentle with myself. And all this knowledge has come from the 12 steps from my sponsors. Um, about maybe three years ago, I finally uh, uh, surrendered to a food plan and I've been using my food plan every day and submitting my food to my sponsor every day. And the food plan has really taught me to be accountable. It's taught me to be more honest. And because um, the next day I have to tell her how I did, was I abstinent? Was I food sober or was I not abstinent? And um, um, I just love this program. I, I hope that I will always be in OA. Um, it is a map a blueprint to live life and um and i think one of the greatest gifts that i can say that i got from this program is the ability to forgive myself the ability to surrender um and the ability um to learn to love myself um one day at a time and i want to read uh, september 4th and I'll close with that from the Voices of Recovery. And um, it says, our higher power is the only source of help that is always available to us, always strong enough to lift us up and set our feet on the path of life, the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous, page 98. Binging, turning to others for comfort and addictive behaviors more, were my ways of coping with life before OA. Now I'm reassured by trusting that 24 hours a day in every situation, God is within me to lovingly guide and direct my life. The ability to maintain abstinence through the struggle of homelessness, the pain of emotional relapse, and the fear of financial insecurity are evidence to me of a power greater than myself. The practice of prayer and meditation allows direct conscious contact with this source of healing and strength. When self-will runs riot or character defects flare up, I trust my higher power to lead me back to a path of sane living. In recovery, I enjoy an intimate relationship with God, spiritual friends, family, OA fellowship, and a safe, secure home. I'm grateful to be beyond food obsession and harmful behaviors. A joy I could only imagine in the past is mine today with my higher power guiding my life. And this, this page right here on September 4th is exactly how my life is today. Um, one day at a time. And thank you. Is, thank you so much, Lita.